0: Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth.
1: And this is Mike.
0: Today we have a couple of topics and we'll probably add a couple more. I'm going to talk about the Megan and Harry interview with Oprah which mm. was on last night, Sunday they night. They stirred up
1: some trouble, I heard.
0: Well, we'll talk about that. A
1: hornet's nest.
0: And I saw a wonderful movie. It looks like it's pronounced Minari. It's actually Minari in Korean. And I want to talk about that. You wanted to talk about Bears.
1: Yeah, Beartown, a series on HBO Max.
0: Great. I'm so happy to be so bored with the political scene. I'm just not really interested in what's going on. It's so
1: weird. I click on political wire, as is my habit. What You could say my addiction. Always looking for the next thing to be outraged about or feeling good about because somebody I don't like got put in their place. There's just none of that happening. It's Um, great. I don't mean I'm seriously, I'm really glad about it, but it's just so different from the anxiety of the earlier four years.
0: I think it's because for me anyway, it feels like the adults are in charge Mm -hmm. and that. We don't have that same kind of peripatetic gab going on. And
1: Biden's doing stuff. He's really doing stuff. He's getting things through and laws passed and programs put in place and changes made. And he's busy and he's working. It's so different from someone who watches Fox all day and tweets. And that's his day.
0: I will say that the the movement, now that Roy Blunt Sr. is leaving the Senate, mm-hmm. it seems like all of the moderates are really jumping ship, right. So I guess that means that the Republican Party will be the party of Trump. We'll see. And, looks and like they, it's going that way. We may have a very good period of time economically after the virus. It looks like things will perk up. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to unseat an economically successful president. It would have been hard to unseat Trump had he not screwed up with the virus. Right. The problem, I think, is that this trend may last longer than the Biden administration and that we may have someone like a Josh Hawley, who is a young whippersnapper, on board with the Trumpisms. Mm -hmm. That could happen. But that's a worry for another day.
1: You have to get me through these two years and then at least we'll have had two good years.
0: I was thinking about it and I have about six months to go or probably when people are vaccinated enough, I'll be out knocking on doors again for Congress people in Orange County right. once again. Yep. So we'll be off to the races. with 2022. <laughs> Anywho, I'm going to talk to you about Megan and Harry. Oh, yay. She's very pregnant. She's not due, but she's noticeably pregnant. Right. And they had Oprah walk around in their chicken coop, which is on their property. Must be a very large property in Montecito. Oh, yeah. And the actual filming of the interview took place in Gail King's backyard because I guess the lighting and the camel things were easier to do there. And Oprah is just very authentically who she is. Right. And she wasn't like dressed up for anything. She was in some boots and a skirt and a blouse and just kind of looked very relaxed. Right. And The nut of it was simply, I mean, it seems simple now, but it took a while to get there, is that Megan is mixed race. Mm -hmm. And that was cause for a lot of hatred. Mm -hmm. And the royal family is in bed with the tabloids. They do this thing where they kind of have an agreement that they will expose to the tabloids their secrets. I'm putting that in air quotes. Right. But their secrets so that they'll be treated well in the tabloids. Okay. And feeding Harry, the beast. Yes. And Harry and Megan at a certain point said, we're not going to do that because you haven't been good to us. We're not going to feed you our life stories. And this ramped up the racism even more. From the to press, me,
1: you mean, not just from, from the Buckingham Palace.
0: The Buckingham Palace thing, I didn't honestly get the sense and Harry did not give the impression that the royal family was at all uneasy with her being mixed race. He said that she was welcomed by the family and that it was when things started ramping up in the press and my sense is that the public was also on social media part of this that they were just out for blood and that the idea of someone who was half black her mother was is black was an affront to the British people and that was reflected in the tabloids but it was really on social media that people came after her and she said she didn't read any of it but that she was aware of it because her friends would tell her what was going on because it became so severe to them that they worried about her safety right she worried about her own safety and said at a certain point when she was five months pregnant that she was completely suicidal she really could not handle it anymore and went to she referred to the royal family as the firm Mm. and she went to someone and asked for help And was told it wouldn't really look right. It wouldn't really look right if someone in the royal family was seeing a psychiatrist. She went to someone in In the the royal
1: family circle and said, "I need to get psychiatric help."
0: Yes, and they refused to help her. Wow. And as she said, "It's not like I could call an Uber to the palace (laughs) and go out and see a psychiatrist. She would have been hounded." Right. That was, I thought, very brave of her to Mm -hmm. admit to that. Yeah. Even Harry said that Megan went and spoke to a couple of people asking for help when one person wouldn't help her. She went to someone else and was again told it wouldn't look right. And Harry even said he didn't mention this to his family because it's not something that they understand. They don't work that way at all. Right. So there they were in their own little bubble and she was falling Mm. apart. He felt helpless. And the only real way to get away from what was happening was they they went to canada which is one of the commonwealths right anywho she was a huge hit in australia when they went on this tour just like when charles and diana went as we saw in the crown Mm -hmm. she was hugely popular and that bothered the royal family it just bothered them that she was such a star and seemed to be they always hate that they're so
1: fucked up
0: when Diana hugged the boy who had AIDS, who was, he was Black, right. that was cause for so much acrimony. And again, when Megan connected to the people who were Native there, Mm-hmm. That was a scandal as well. So she couldn't take a step without someone saying, you didn't do it right. You can't have this. I'm using my own words. That's not yeah. That's not the words that she used. But they they really felt that they had no recourse but to escape. And that's what they did. In my sense is they were thinking about settling in Canada, but that California just called them. Tyler Perry put them up in his home. There was a big issue with security because I guess one of the really shocking parts of the interview was when Megan said that there was some discussion inside the family with Harry and he wouldn't say who it was it turns out it was probably Prince Philip who discussed the the potential darkness of Archie their son's skin how dark he would be whether that would be a problem. And they were told that Archie couldn't be a prince, even though all of the other offspring of mm-hmm. William and Kate are princess and or they will be once Charles ascends. Mm-hmm. They were told that Archie would not be a prince, and therefore he would not have the what I assumed was the kind of secret service or protection that mm-hmm. surrounds all of the mm-hmm. royals. Mm-hmm. It would, just sounded like they just couldn't catch a break there. They just could not catch a break. They were the young couple. They were the star couple. And everything kind of went to shit for them because of that.
1: First of all, I think that Elizabeth, too, has that. She's the embodiment of the stiff upper lip. And that's such a toxic way to live. And yet, because she embodies that and is that and lives that, Of course, everyone else has to match it to be in her circle. Yes. But my other opinion is that there's never going to be any such thing as a healthy monarchy, as a healthy royal family. It's by definition totally fucked up. It's based on this medieval idea that God picks these people to rule over others. How can you have a healthy system like that? What were they looking for? They were looking for a healthy family in a monarchy. Of course, it's going to be screwed up. It has to be screwed up. So they were smart to get out, I think.
0: Well, they're being vilified by the family. And there's Andrew, who was swept away, just sort of swept under the rug. Yes. And he gets to, I mean, he was stripped of his duties, but he gets to live in the royal palace. And he's still embraced by the family.
1: Yeah, does he have all the inheritance? Uh, I think he has the and inheritance
0: stuff? and I think he still is the prince, but yeah. he had well, this royal that's really taken away.
1: That's really whack. Oh, it's crazy. I just wish they would go ahead and abolish it. I love the Brits, but I don't know why they tolerate such a I
0: don't weird
1: system. I don't either. I mean, either, ours is weird too in its way. Well, Maybe we have just inertia.
0: We have celebrity royalty, but we choose them. Right. They aren't chosen for us.
1: What I don't like about our country is we are proud of our democratic traditions, but we're really not democratic. We're lopsided because of the way the Senate is structured and the way the Electoral College works. So we're not really a beacon of democracy. We're a beacon of aspirational democracy.
0: Aspirational. That's right. We're a corporatocracy. Hopefully not not so much anymore. Hopefully the Biden agenda will cure us of some of that, at least.
1: Yeah. I I really wasn't inclined to watch it at all just because I figured, what do they have to do with me? I, I find myself so much more interesting. But it is interesting and of course it does inform one's watching of the crown and that is important.
0: Well, my reason for doing it is for the podcast, I feel like when I can, I need to be engaged in major cultural events. Yeah, and definitely. A, I think it's important to be event. in the world. And I am curious whether The Crown will include this. And in fact, they've said that they were going to go down to Meghan and Harry, wow. ultimately, That's which cool. would be very, very interesting. I would suggest you watch just a part of it just to get a sense of who they are. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Harry was, I mean, they were both very impressive, very mm-hmm. articulate right. and knew who they were and knew right. what they wanted. Right. Harry, especially coming from such a fucked up environment, yeah, really had a handle on his inner emotional life. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be pushed around. He didn't want to be walking around, smiling, doing ceremonial things when he yeah. felt that there were other more important engagements that he could pursue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would suggest very modern. And
1: I just want to see <laughs> I want to see Oprah in that Montecito backyard just being her own earthy self. Oh, that she would be was fun.
0: so earthy. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Megan said something about the discussion of Archie, whether Archie's skin would be dark, <laughs> I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> Spit take <laughs> of her iced tea. Exactly, and and what was great about it was she didn't just let them talk. She didn't just let them go on. She would go now. You, you have to walk me through this because I don't really quite understand what the mm. security thing is, mm-hmm. or I don't understand who did you talk to. And what, what did they, I mean, she, she really interviewed them. She mm-hmm. didn't just do a softball right. thing with them. I mean, right. it was a softball thing because they got to drive the agenda of the right. piece, but she was right there in it with them. Yeah. And yeah. it was very, very engaging, very worth watching just to see it, just to see that they're so in love with each other. They're a team and they look like a great team.
1: Oh, that's good. That's encouraging. Yeah. 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 It's
0: inspiring. Well, the reaction to them could not have been more inflamed. I get the oh, Daily Mail.
1: The aftermath of what they did yes. of the interview? Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. It's
0: just that they, they were whining and they claimed that the royal family was racist. They never claimed that the royal family was exactly racist, except for that one. Well, I guess they did actually, because the question about Archie's skin and then making him a prince and and all of that, that that was very racist. Yeah. So overt. So yeah, it was very overt. I don't know what I was saying before. I I just I had a little senior moment. I just think now they're human. They're just human. They're still semi royal, but they've come down to earth. They aren't living in the royal manner.
1: Well, you know, maybe that will help hasten the demise of the monarchy because they won't think will. have that aura of i don't know what of being kind of special creatures
0: well from god
1: yes exactly exactly and that
0: is as we learn from the crown that is what they think they are
1: i can't believe they really think that anymore i mean don't
0: you? it's all from the church
1: divinely anointed well i just yes. can't believe even elizabeth believes that in a factual way she may believe that's the tradition I could be wrong. Maybe she does. That just seems like so medieval. But even though you're in it, you would know that you're just a person who happens to occupy a certain place and position that carries a lot of tradition. But do you think she feels... an? divinely anointed by God?
0: The crown wasn't a documentary, but it did seem to indicate that she bought all of that hokum hook, line, and sinker.
1: Maybe she does, so- or maybe she thinks that the people believe it and she needs to live up to it because they need to believe in something. You know, that's mm-hmm. the noble side, I guess, of what how she would frame what she's doing, is she's fulfilling a service to the public by giving them something that they can kind of pin their dreams to and their fantasies of whatever, everything from an afterlife and everything
0: maybe i don't know oprah needs
1: to interview her
0: that would Would, be fascinating
1: that would be cool i guess it'll never happen
0: oprah has now wiped herself off of the royal mattering map you have to be a little british to really read in between all the lines because there's so much history there that harry carries with him it would have been interesting to have somebody who was english to really fill it in so that's the story of harry and megan
1: well there it is
0: did you want to talk about your bears?
1: Bear Town? Yeah. Well, you know me. I like Scandinavian crime series. So this is a Scandinavian series. I had thought I had read in a review that it's a crime series. But if it is, they're being very cagey. Now, I think I've watched two episodes so far. They're only doling them out one week at a time. It's about this successful pro hockey player who's retired and he, he's Swedish and he moves to a small town to coach a couple of community ice hockey teams. I'm waiting for the murder to happen, but it's been two episodes and no one's gotten killed so far.
0: What's happening?
1: Well, they're showing him and it's almost kind of a heartful thing he's working with this down and out hockey team that's not very successful but they have one guy in the hockey team who's very good and that guy's father is very pushy and wields a lot of power and then when the guy from stockholm comes in and becomes the new chief of hockey in the town there's tension there so that oh it's kind of like bad news bears it's not scary at all
0: are you sure something bad is going to happen i don't know but i think
1: maybe that's the genius of it is because actually things got a little darker in this last episode the guy from stockholm he has a daughter and she gets interested in the guy who's the good hockey player whose father's crazy and they go Uh-oh. to a party and bad things happen i mean he oh. he, he assaults her sexually oh. so that's pr- that's pretty alarming so we'll see maybe my dreams will come true and someone will get murdered in the next episode <laughs> But I'm watching, well, but come on, let's point? let's have some, let's
0: see some blood. <laughs> you know. There was no blood when he assaulted her?
1: Not really. It, it was quite chilling to watch. They they film it great because you see what's happening in such a way that you, they don't mess around letting you know what's happening, but they, they film it in such a way that they don't have to show too much to have you get a sense yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. I don't know if that's a cliffhanger exactly, but that's what happened at the end of episode two. So sorry for the spoiler, but we'll see. I'm just hoping bad things happen but why i think it's good television for me anyway is that it's still holding my interest besides my macabre interest in horror that the acting and the characters and the dynamics and the tensions between these people i mean that's a trope that's been used a lot the city guy or girl moves to the country and has a hard time fitting in so it's green acres but it's very believable very original and i swear every single scandinavian series i've watched so far I haven't watched hundreds. I've watched like 7 or 8. The acting style is so so subtle and understated. That's one thing I love about their television. Huh.
0: Have you found the the Lars Secret movies, the girl with the dragon tattoo? Oh, I've watched anything? those. Yeah, oh, you have yeah did you watch the swedish version of them yes you did because they're they're really dark
1: that's true those are
0: i only saw the swedish version of the girl with the dragon tattoo oh yeah i haven't seen any of the other ones
1: oh it's good to see the next one because she transforms and it's a great feminist story i think because you really see her take and own her own power
0: oh i might watch it then yeah i might see it that would be interesting so Minari, which is, oh, I'm still yeah. going to call it Minari because everybody's going to call it Minari. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful, tender story about a family. The father and mother are from Korea. They move to California and decide that the father decides that what he really wants is a farm in Arkansas. But he has sort of sold this idea to his wife and their relationship is fragile to begin with. And when they show up, and what he's got is not a house but a trailer on wheels oh no and that's where they're going to be living she is just does he know serious. that when he buys it
1: or is he been has he been oh. snookered
0: Oh, no, no, no. He knew. He just figured that he could, as men do, or as I would say spouses do, he thought he could sell her on it once they got there. Right. And the story is, it really takes place from the point of view of an eight-year-old boy who is transplanted into this kind of magical world that this farm and all of the things that they grow on it. And the one thing that the grandmother who eventually comes over brings with her is this herb. It's a korean herb called minari or minari. Oh, okay. and it's just this journey that this family goes on and it's so loving at the same time it's so on tender hooks you know the the relationship of the mother and the father it just doesn't seem like it could possibly work out eventually the the wife's mother comes and lives with them and she's nothing like what you would think a grandmother should be like She's inappropriate. She swears. She says dirty things to the kids. It's just she gives such a standout performance. Mm. Just her work in and of itself Mm. is worth the price of admission. Wow. And it is actually the story of the writer director who did it. It's so beautifully directed and it just sticks to your ribs. It's one of those stories. Mm -hmm. And it's very gentle. There's a lot of story, but there's not a lot of plot. Right. I can't say too much without kind of revealing Mm -hmm. what the But it's made by a Korean
1: filmmaker. Is that right?
0: The boy in the story is basically his point of view. Okay. His parents did come from Korea and did work in California and they did move to a farm and they had to make their own adjustments. And of course, they moved to this farm in Arkansas and there are white people there and you just anticipate that racism is going to rear its ugly head. Right. And it, it really doesn't.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: It seems like it's going to, and then it doesn't really. So it's not about their race. It's really just the fact that they're outsiders and they're trying to fit in. That's my pitch.
1: I was just thinking of what was the Korean one that won an Oscar? Oh, Um, Parasite. Right. And how that on the outward side may be different, but it's a lot about the complexities of family relationships.
0: And yes. The- As Chris Lavoie said, the people who are the working people aren't the parasites. In right. That movie. That's right. <laughs> it is. It's about the family dynamic. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a completely different setting. It is half in Korean and half in English mm-hmm. because the kids speak English. And the, I don't know if the parents speaking, you know, you get caught up in the subtitles and suddenly you don't remember who's speaking English and who isn't. Right. It won the best foreign language film at the Golden Globes, which, doesn't really mean anything because it shouldn't have been a foreign language film anyway. It's an American story and mm-hmm. Parasite won for best picture. It was completely in Korean. So this one should have been up for best picture. And I think it might win. I have this feeling it's going to be between Nomadland and Minari. Oh, Gosh, oh, I'll like, never see at least one of them. Yeah. nomadland Land is on Netflix. Oh,
1: I'll check it out then.
0: That's a really good one, too. I love Nomad Rich, Land.
1: Richard, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't really discuss it, but Richard Brody came out this week.
0: Oh, in was his favorite?
1: The 30 Best Performances of This Century. So I'm going to try to watch some of those I've seen. I'll have seen a few of them.
0: You really like that fascinating Chinese movie that you watch. Oh, was that on there? Yeah, I think. Oh, so. I think that was so
1: brilliant. It. I'm blanking on the title. And also he put he put Lupita Ngongo or whatever her name is for us. And that was really fun. Oh, that and he put amazing. the guy about the black people that were being lobotomized. Oh, get out. Get out. Yeah.
0: Oh, did he put Daniel Kaluuya on that? The list?
1: main guy. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, he's turned out to be a really important actor. He was in something that I just couldn't stick with. Oh, well, that's one Did of this- the
1: performances.
0: Yes. That's, yes. all,
1: that's why I wanted to watch that movie because it was on the list also.
0: I need to go back to it because clearly I cannot miss his performance. Well, I think we're, um, we're ready we to wrap We all talked it up. out. I'm all talked out. Well, you must be really talked out because you had to talk before we started talking.
1: That's true, but I'm so elated that it went well and that it's over that I'm kind of feeling like I need to go to a cast party.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there isn't one.
0: <laughs> this is as close as it's going to get, I'm afraid. Yeah,
1: I'm going to make myself a Kentucky mule and have a good time on on my own
0: okay well you do that and in the meantime we'll say goodbye to our boomer friends bye boomers bye stay safe out there stay
1: safe thanks for tuning in we'll
0: see you in a week see you in a week bye-bye
1: <laughs>